Welcome, everybody. We have got a really quick update for you over here from Tabletop Studios. I am joined this evening by my co-host, Lenika, sir. How are things down in the fabulous state of Connecticut? It is very good. It's been odd of late, but spending most of my non-9 to 5 time working on the book and yeah. prepping for our new Patreon games, really getting psyched for uh, for what comes next. Yeah, exactly. And a quick shout out to uh, to our industrious co-host, Glenn, the road warrior himself, who couldn't join us tonight. We're not here for a full episode. We're just here for a really quick update. And I want to emphasize quick and final update on how things are going with Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast's open game license, and more specifically, how is it going to impact the show? When we did our episode on the OGL, we said, we're looking at some things, we're considering some things, we're trying to go ahead and put some things in place. At this point, we have made decisions about how we're going to go forward. These may not be all of the decisions that need to be made, but they will at least shape the show for the foreseeable future. Anyway, so I think before we get into our piece of it, Luinika, give us a brief update on where the OGL situation is as of right now. And that is on 6 o'clock in the afternoon on, on the 22nd of January. It's a Sunday evening. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? But if you can give us a brief update on where we are right now so we can get started. Absolutely. We're going to try to catch you up and what's happened since our last episode on the OGL was recorded to now. So essentially, Hasbro has come out with by backing off of the allegedly leaked information that they claimed and maintain was a draft. Much of what Hasbro put in their uh, first two releases on the matter are contested by many in the content creator community as not being wholly accurate, if true at all. I have very little faith in the validity of most of those comments. That said, what they have done since then is completely backtracked. They have a new thing that they are choosing to do. Before we get to that, many companies have come out and been very official about what they're doing. Paizo, Cobalt Press, and so many others have said they're going to create their own systems. Many of them, specifically Paizo and Cobalt Press, to call them out, they're creating an open game license. Look for hashtags such as Orc and Open D&D to follow more details there. We will have links to various things that will get you to the details. We're not going to cover all the details here, but I do believe Paizo is fighting the good fight on behalf of all the content creators. And by abstention, all of the players of the game and the hobby as a whole and the community as a whole. That said, Wizards of the Coast backtracked, made half-hearted apologies about it. They have what they're calling an OGL 1.2, and that has backed off of many of the things that those of us in the content creation community found most offensive, but it has still retained language that is questionable and worrisome and makes it very hard to plan and sustain a business model. That's where, as content creators, we at Tabletop Journeys have the biggest challenge. How do we plan for the next five years based on a license that could radically alter at the whim of one party? It's not like we get to discuss it and have a negotiation and change things. They can just change the details yeah. whenever. And just to go ahead and put that into perspective, we are right now recording a brief episode critical of the next OGL license 1.2, which is currently being debated throughout the internet. And there's a survey from Wizards of the Coast requesting feedback on it. 
we could right now, because we are putting an episode, which is critical of this effort, lose our license to publish under OGL 1.2. That's part of the language which we're finding so distasteful because that decision would have no recourse from us if that decision were made. It does not provide for a sustainable model for us to be able to predictably go ahead and put out content. So that kind of leaves us with where we are today and the decisions that we're making for the show and for our content creation side also go forward. So let me address kind of the content creation side first, because right now, we, as Leonika mentioned earlier, we are nearing the end of our third book, Heroic Subclasses of the Multiverse. It was the book that we had out on Kickstarter not long ago. This book will be released under OGL 1.0. It will not be released under any further OGLs. It is our intention that applies to us because this book has been in development since last year, since before there was ever any mention of any additional versions. For us, it has always been an OGL 1.0 book and will be an OGL 1.0 book whenever the final PDF is actually sent out to Kickstarter backers and that content appears on any other platforms. The only thing I want to say, and then I'm going to close off anything I have to say about where we are to date and bringing us up to date, is this. Trust in Hasbro and Watsy is doing a lot of heavy lifting with OGL 1.2. That Their document and anything that they're saying right now is dependent on us believing them at their word. And I've been saying for the past few weeks, Hasbro has shown us their heart and their desire. I personally and Tabletop Journeys as a company and as members of this community, we're just not ready to trust them yet. They have not earned my trust yet, not with that half-hearted apology, not with the document they've just shown us with still maintaining questionable language. There's three things that we would need to see from them to make us feel differently. It must be truly irrevocable. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be altered with by them. Two, they cannot maintain the ability to cancel at a whim without some kind of recourse. And three, the limitations on legal relief must be reasonable. Yep. I understand the need for a company to protect itself from frivolous lawsuits, but they cannot make it impossible for a small organization to get recourse in court. That's what the current document leads to. That's what we're not happy with, and that's why we're not signing on. That said, that's where we are. Look at the links below for a lot more detail. Better and deeper analysis is out there. I caution you, make sure you listen to people's point of view. We are content creators, and we are definitively coming at this from a how-does-it-impact-me perspective. Yep. Make sure that whoever you're listening to on this issue lists their biases. Absolutely. There's a lot of information out there from a lot of different angles. Make any decision informed. That's all we'll say. Okay. So moving past kind of the content creation side, how does this impact the show? And I think that there are a lot of decisions that we can make about the show content itself that uh, that, that could apply here. And one of them is that we could not do anything, right? Because the show is not covered by the OGL. The show is covered by the fan content policy. We can do shows on whatever we want with Dungeons & Dragons. They have no, virtually no recourse about that. However, in a broader scope, our issues with the way that this is being handled and has been handled since the beginning of December have led us to some decisions about about the show content. We'll start with the easy one. So you'll you'll hear this brief talk on Tuesday the 24th. 
Tuesday the 24th is normally an actual play day for us. We had an actual play queued up. It was a session that uh, Luanika had run in a new game world for him. It was D&D 5 based. We have opted not to air that actual play. Instead, we're going to replay one of our favorite actual plays of all time the very first creator run actual play that appeared on the channel we're going to be replaying the powered by the apocalypse build of the real thing put out by accidental cyclops with friend of the show mike daniel from 19 hits the dragon it is a fantastic uh, raunchy romp through the 1990s it's a tremendous amount of fun it is definitely not for kids <laughs> but but it's a lot of fun we're going to be replaying that for the next few weeks if you continue listening to the channel actually you'll hear it right after this episode here today and that kind of brings us to the question about why are we replaying another AP instead of airing new AP content. And here's a little bit of the talk about how the sausage is made on a podcast, right? We, as three people who have full-time gigs outside of the podcast, record a lot of our content in advance, really in advance, particularly actual play content. And we record a ton of actual play content that has not aired yet, but everything that we had in the can was all D&D 5 based. So as content creators ourselves, we really felt that it was important to let Wizards of the Coast know that we disagree with their decision to move away from the current open game license, especially the way that they're doing it. So, in response, until a workable OGL is released, and Luanika laid out the terms that we feel are appropriate about what a workable OGL actually means, um, until that workable OGL is released, with the concerns of the community addressed, we are going to be de-emphasizing Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition content and 1D&D content from the show. We had a whole 1D&D playtest actual play with a bunch of friends of the show that Glenn was running. It was fantastic. And we've decided at this point that we're not going to air it. And I do want to make the same emphasis that we did before in our previous episode. We are not de-emphasizing the writers who contribute to Dungeons and Dragons. We are de-emphasizing Wizards of the Coast products and Hasbro products until this situation is resolved. To be clear, this is we want people to play tabletop games. I run 5e games in my home. I am simply not buying more 5e products. I was at my local game shop just this past week, Thursday of last week. It's the day I happened to swing into the store, and I had originally intended to pick up a uh, it was planned, it was a planned date. I was going to pick up a Watsy product, and I looked at it. And I still wanted that gorgeous cover. I still wanted to get that great content that lots of great people worked on. But at the end of the day, I did not feel comfortable supporting that company. So I took those same dollars. I got a couple Pathfinder accessories and I set up a process to double check on my order on some Star Trek Adventures Modifius stuff that's due in shortly and priced out some other Star Trek Modifius accessories because I'm still going to spend that same money at my local store. I'm still going to buy these same things. I'm still going to support creators and content creators. I just can't support Watsy right now. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't feel comfortable with that. And that's our take on the show. We're not, we're not throwing out books. We're not talking about censorship or banning. We're talking about making conscious decisions with our dollars.